Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. And another one. What Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys. Wow, fake fan, huh? Fake fan, bro. I'm... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the reissue episode, to the reissue of the reissue. My name is Zach. I'm joined by Dean, The Dream, Martin, Marco G, The Ben Thomas Show, and Dr. Equan himself. Thank you to Katri and Gigi for being here early slash on time when we ourselves were late. We have a great show tonight today for you guys uh we're going to do a deep dive into the tk trooper we're also going to talk about some of the figures that are coming out or that were announced that have been uh released in the past uh, uh not so deep dive a dive if you will um we did mention we were going to do a deep dive on the dark knight figures but it ended up being like ben did so much work that we're going to push that to its own show for the next episode and the whole show ben went be. a little too deep actually ben was in the fucking mariana trench wow. <laughs> two inches <laughs> <how> deep <laughs> he went. that's right <laughs> anyways so let's uh let's get into the show let's get into the news so the ox father focus now let me let me spin you a web boys let me spin you a web hot toys is the company that i think we all deal with right and a lot of times you know we give our feedback uh, week to week, month to month, day to day. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Right. Or speak with your wallets or, you know, complaining is going to get you nowhere. Just buy it or don't. And I hate that. I, I genuinely hate that because Hot Toys isn't a big company, right? Hot Toys is certainly a company that if enough people spoke out against, you know, changes can be made. You know, the the um, the Stuart Little portrait that Hot Toys had to remake because everyone was disappointed with it. There's been many other things in the and you know since then. But again, Hot Toys is a very small company, right? When you look at a company like Hasbro, Hasbro actually may be the biggest toy company in the world. I'm actually almost certain that it is. Uh, we're talking a billion billion dollar company, and the fans through word of mouth through speaking with their wallets, through um, protest, brought Hasbro and its subsidiary Wizards of the Coast to their knees. And it was you incredible. You love to see it. It was incredible. So uh, this is in relation to Dungeons & Dragons, and I know Roll Your Eyes, D&D, but I think we can take a lot from what happened here and we can apply it to other companies that we collect because I really genuinely think if you have a problem with something, especially in our role as content creators, we should definitely be speaking up about it. So this all stems from what's called the open game license. So, um, or the OGL. It's a public copyright license by Wizards of the Coast that may be used by tabletop role-playing game developers to grant permission to modify, copy, and redistribute some of the content designed for their games, notably game mechanics. However, they must share alike copies and derivative works. So this has been going on for a very long time. Every edition that Dungeons & Dragons comes out with, they formalize it through what's called an OGL. It's basically a licensing agreement that allows third-party publishers 
to um, use the Dungeons and Dragons system, the D20 system, to use different aspects of what they've created, you know, different spells, different races, different whatever, to make their own content. So it wouldn't and, necessarily be branded Dungeons and Dragons, but it's kind of the concepts that they can use. Yeah, exactly. The concepts okay. that they can use. So um, the there has been many, many companies, and we're talking like million dollar companies, you know, thousands of employees, like these companies rely on this open game license to function, right? Um, in January 12th, 2016 was when the latest update, uh, version 1.0a, which corresponded with the fish, fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons, which is where we are now. Um, so content creators can access uh, different licensing options. They can, um, let's see, it allows publishers to create and sell content based on Wizards of the Coast intellectual property, such as Forgotten Realms, Ravenloft, Eberron, Magic the Gathering Plains. They're allowed to set their own price. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of companies have really flourished under this um, this open gaming license. Now, in January 2023, a leaked version of the OGL was uh, was leaked, basically. And essentially, it in invalidated the original OGL. It stated that Dungeons & Dragons and Wizards of the Coast must be notified about and receive a report on the earnings of all monetized content, including, you know, our small Dungeons & Dragons show, which only makes, you know, tops like $40 a show. We would be required to report those earnings. Um, any, uh, producer of content that makes over $750,000 a year must pay Wizards of the Coast a royalty fee of 25% or 20% of it's funded through Kickstarter, uh, for all income beyond that point. Wizards would have the right to use any content published under the OGL. So if I made a really cool magic item or Dean's character was really cool and Wizards is like, you know, I want to use that for our licensed work they wouldn't have to ask us. They would just automatically be able to use it and profit no off compensation. of the things that we created. No compensation. Yuck. It stopped D&D-related NFTs and blockchains, allowed for the termination of the license for blatantly racist, sexist, homophobic... Now, that I agree with, so I'm not complaining about that. But the things that were shocking were you had to sign it within, I think it was like two weeks, so you didn't really have time to review it. And at any point, they could give you a 30-day notice that the terms were changing, and you either had to accept it or basically be kicked out of the program. Now, the best way that I can describe this is, you know, because it is kind of confusing if you don't play D&D. Imagine a company that makes paper saying that anything that you write on this paper, draw on this paper, if you're writing a book, if you're writing a textbook, if you're drawing a wonderful work of art, that is now my property because you used our paper. That's the best way I can describe it. Now, the fans were outraged. One, because it was always promised that these OGLs would be indefinite, right? People started million-dollar companies on the promise that these would never be revoked. Watsi went so far as to remove interviews where they confirmed that this was an um, indefinite license, right? They were taking these things down. They were deleting articles. And so uh, over 60,000 people signed an open letter demanding that, the, um, that these were just terrible terms. And one of the major developers said, you know what, we're going to break away from using this OGL. And uh, it was Paizo. They said they were going to create their own role-playing game system outside of you know the D20-based system. And, and thousands of these companies agreed that they were going to do this. Now, eventually, an insider email leaked, and it essentially said, 
hey, if you want to hurt Wizards of the Coast, the only metric they care about is D&D Beyond subscriptions. Like, if they can, you know, click a button, they can see how much money they're making. And so, what is that, Zach? What's D and D Beyond? Yeah, so D and D Beyond is like like we play on Roll Twenty, but D and D Beyond is like an online uh, place where you can play D and D. You can buy like the PDFs or the books. I mean, it makes them a tremendous amount of money. But you pay a monthly subscription. It's like Netflix, right? You get access to certain content. You can buy more content, but it's a monthly subscription or an annual subscription. Um, It ended up being that uh, it was leaked that that was the best way to hurt Watsi. That that's what they were using to, you know, they weren't caring about the open letters. They weren't caring about emails to the higher ups. The best way to hurt the company was cancel your D&D Beyond subscription. Now, so many people canceled their subscription that the website crashed to the point where you couldn't even, you had to like send a form to cancel your subscription because that, that button just broke, which is kind of sketchy. I think they just shut down that button to make it more difficult. Guaranteed. <laughs> now, Watsi responded and basically said... You know, we're working on it. Obviously, you guys don't like it. But again, they put out a survey to the fans and said, you know, we're going to everything that we do from this point forward, we're going to consult the fans. And again, overwhelmingly, the fans are like, no, this is bullshit. So what D&D did, and again, this is a billion dollar company being brought to its knees by the fans. This is a part of the statement here. The survey results are clear. You want OGL OGL 1.0 and you want it um, forever. You like Creative Commons. The feedback is in such high volume and its direction is so plain that we're acting now. We're leaving OGL 1.0A in place as it is untouched. We're also making the entire SRD 5.1 available under Creative Commons license. You choose which you prefer to use. Now, once something becomes Creative Commons, it's sort of like it's like given away. It can never be taken back. It's not owned by the company anymore. So like public domain, basically. It's public domain, exactly. So... Um, out of 15,000 people that filled out the survey, uh, of which we were, I was at least one, 88% do not want to publish content under the OGL 1.2, which is what caused this whole issue. 90% would have changed some aspect of the 1.2. 89% are dissatisfied with deauthorizing 1.0A, which again is the 5th edition. 86% are dissatisfied with the draft VTT policy, which is kind of the draft that they had submitted after all the backlash. And 62% are satisfied with the SRD document, the systems reference document content in the Creative Commons. And the majority of those who were dissatisfied asked for more. So, again, you know, we always see it in the chat sometimes from from, from the haters. Uh, we always see it, uh, you know, posted on the groups, you know, when we have a comment on something. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Uh, but speaking with your wallets is incredibly powerful, right? If you don't like something, don't buy it and say, well, well I'll just settle or I'll change this. Because if a billion-dollar company like Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast um, can be brought to their knees by fans speaking with their wallets by uh, mobilizing, you know, in a respectful way, right? And, you know, this wasn't people sending death threats and, like, you know, some real nasty stuff. This was just good old-fashioned mobilization, being active with your wallets, and um, it brought a very positive change. Even for our Dungeons and Dragons campaign, we thought we may have to put it on hold while we kind of wait to see what happens. Um, and I'm curious if any of you guys, uh, have any questions, have anything you'd like to add to this. Dion, I know wanna, you play Dungeons and Dragons, so. I want to just point out that when we played Dungeons and Dragons, we have paid an initial cost. It's not technically like a free game. So that's kind of where it was upsetting. I was like, but we paid for all the stuff to use it on our own content. And now you're 
essentially taking it away for us to use you know however we want and that's kind of where yeah. the the upsettingness was it's like we paid for this so we could create our own thing and now you're saying you just can own our thing like and then they also wanted you to report things right or what was the yeah, re- yeah report earnings, earnings. Yeah. it's one do- it's like one penny or above right like wow even if they don't want a cut yet the thing is they could lower that threshold at any time with 30 day notice and you either yeah. opt in or out they could say well now the threshold is $100 right and yeah. then now it's it's 50% of $100 instead of 25% above 750,000 yeah. and at any it time sounds like, like when I said, gg wants to like add modifiers to the tax it's like you're just kind of double taxing at this point <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. so again these are these are massive companies i mean when you think of the scale of of what wizards of the coast owns what hasbro the parent company owns i mean you know hot toys is a very 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 small company compared to this and i just want to use this as a an example like hey you know if enough people speak up about something if, if there is truly an issue you know you know oh, there are admittedly style. some things that only style. only some of us care about like a small crease on the top of a ninja turtles box or or, or, <laughs> or like or, Dean or said, the staff yeah or the staff you can make changes like if you are respectful about it if you are clear and to the point i mean you can 100 percent make changes and you know just just a little bit of soapbox at the beginning of the episode just to show you guys like you know your voice does matter groups of people collectively having a voice does matter and um this this company backtracked so incredibly hard that it yeah. i mean it's it's insane well especially for a game right i mean without the community of players exactly how exactly. will the, how will this continue to exist in the future and i feel like it's only what it is now because of the way that they've opened it up exactly, to the communities man. of players right that's it's it's it is what it is now because of that reason so for them to try and dial that back without good communication is just like a slap in the face to all the people who have put so much time in. I don't, I don't play D and D necessarily myself, but like I've gone into stores where they even have like whole like D and D like party like table rooms uh, yeah, where exactly. people come, and like that's that affects then like brick and mortar stores, not just like online players. Like it affects so many people for them to try and uh, kind of take some of that back for themselves. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So um, I think you know. Toy companies may feel differently because even though obviously they don't exist without us buying their collectibles, there's always another toy company that's willing to fill that slot. D&D's been around for so long, it would be hard for a competitor to come in, but guaranteed there are some out there, games out there that are like waiting for these guys to drop the ball so they can try and slide in, right? Like it's such a huge market. So I can see why they backtracked, but it's just not a good look. And communication with the community is by far going to be the best way to still earn more money over time you would think while keeping the while keeping the game relevant and exciting for people i mean this is this is kind of like a new thing um especially with hasbro um their new after they got their new ceo um cox um his main goal um was just profit just try to shape and shape as much profit as possible cox likes to stick it to the consumer i guess yeah, and he spells it weird too. But um, anyway, um, even from action figures down to like uh, Wizards of the Coast, um, the previous his main goal is to just shave off, uh, get as much profit as possible. So this is one move where, you know, they're he find they find like they're this is a great way to, for them to make money because um, you know, uh, basically that's 
they haven't really been making as much due to this 1.0 uh, system implemented. So they're trying to make some changes so they can see how much profit they can make from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this kind of um, feels to me like um, Disney, you know, kind of ousting their original CEO, bringing in, uh, was it Chapek that's now our, uh, I forget the gentleman's name that they brought back, which Bob it was. They're starting to like roll back some prices. So it feels like maybe, you know, consumers have kind of hit a breaking point now that, you yeah. know, economic uncertainty. It's like, okay, we got a company staff to start being a little more aware that they're not just printing money anymore. It's not the pandemic uh, good years anymore. Well, Definitely. Now, Ben, you have some tough nut Trek news, and I'll let you take over the show. For sure. So, you know, I wanted to start by remembering Annie Wershing. So, uh, for those of you who don't recognize this actress specifically, um, she's probably one of her best known roles, I would think, would be from The Last of Us video game, actually, where her voice is actually the character Tess. Uh, in that game and that character in the game is such a strong character uh, throughout the first big section of that game you know it sucks that we lost her now she was most recently uh, her latest role I think was in uh, Picard season two which is of course Star Trek um, she played this Borg Queen now there's been multiple versions of the Borg Queen this is just the Picard season two version um, but it, it was sad she she passed away of cancer uh, a couple weeks ago uh, very young, very young, very talented actress, leaves behind a family. So definitely tough nut uh, track news to get started. Um, if you want to go to the next one, though, so XO6 uh, has been teasing a ton of stuff for 2023, including the Borg Queen that we see down below. Now, this is, again, different version of the Borg Queen. This is from the movie First Contact, which I'm really excited about because uh, that character in in the in the film was badass i've got locutus of borg coming uh to the collection this year i've got my first contact data so we definitely need the borg queen um we have see uh jazdia uh, up in the top left with the blue outfit on she's from uh, deep space nine and then they've shown kind of some final images of what we're looking like getting out of the captain pike from star trek discovery uh now they've changed his body a couple times i guess from season uh, one of, or I should say, of his, because of his appearance in Discovery, he was a much like smaller guy. Uh, and then in his own show now, which is Strange New World, so I guess he's jacked up like quite dramatically. So they've had to change uh, the body type for this uh, actor now. I think twice uh, in order to kind of get him to where you know it looks like his likeness. But character likeness looks fantastic. Uh, all three of these renders, I think, are are pretty. Pretty solid. I hate that next scene on on. Jeff Bro, yeah. I was just about to say it looks it's terrible. terrible. <laughs> it's real it rough. Um, but again, is this it's what not, it's going to look like. It's on not the a final. Fi it's not a final oh, okay. yet. It's not a final yet. But what I've noticed from Exo Six is um, a lot of the time, what they seem to show as proto ends up kind of being what we get as final. Oh, they don't. No. Doesn't seem like there's a huge change, um, which in some respects is good because some of the protos that are amazing end up coming out pretty amazing, and the ones that are rough. Still look a little on the rough side, for sure. Uh, next slide, if you can, John. Uh, yeah. Are, are yeah. any of those you're particularly excited about, Ben? The Borg Queen, for sure. For okay. sure. Um, I, like We don't have a 1-6 representation of her. Uh, there are statues, I believe, of her uh, likeness, but... Uh, I think in one six scale, she'll be a, a standout piece if they do it. Yeah. If they do it well, she needs they to be like well. a little slimy though. Like they have to make her a little on the slimy side. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> now, Commander Greases Hasbro lost a lot. Um, has lost sight of collectors. They've pushed for store exclusives. 
that I'm sure generate large contracts and money, but makes items hard for collectors Bro, to find. Defenses. Did you see that thing ben knows I posted last night, uh, Zach? About the cart and you make the noise. They're getting and... rid of pre-orders for Star Wars figures. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, but where'd you post that's that? That's the at? dumbest thing I've ever heard. Where'd you post that? At? I didn't see that. Uh, that was the small talk chat. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, they, I think they announced that on the uh, when they did that fan stream. Yeah, yeah it's insane. It, uh, it just kind of goes back to what Commander Green was saying. It's like. Are you, like, trying to fuck everybody? Like, I don't get it. It's so crazy. Does not make sense. On the flip side, though, wouldn't that make it easier to find these things in the stores, though? Because pre-ordering is quite hard on its own, too. I mean, it's not, though. It goes up on BBTS, you pre-order, and then you get, like... Oh, I'm so it's s- not It's not just direct... It's not Hasbro Direct. It's everywhere. Th- everywhere. Yeah. The only, oh, shit. They okay. only listed a few things that will go up for pre-order. I, I guess it was too late for the change. But yeah, basically, like they're just not doing pre-orders anymore. It was just Jesse. Uh, they made a statement Jesse. earlier because, uh, yeah, because uh, people were confused about what was going on. So they had to issue a statement after the reveal saying none of these things are going to go on pre-order except for Jesse. Yeah. So that means you have Jesse. to hunt in store Jesse. is the only way that you can get it or or uh, aftermarket. Yeah, which is insane because. I mean, Zach, you know how many times you go to the store and the pegs are empty. Like, the employees the will, will hold come, them back a lot oh, of the time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I don't know. It's, We're, it's tough. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded, but part of me feels like, you know, if the assholes don't, aren't pre-ordering 12 at a time to flip, then maybe they might have more stock for the store. But, I mean, I guess you are mm. correct. I'm just tired of seeing TVC Lando and fucking Black Series and or Leia fucking 20 deep on the pegs yeah but you know it's gonna be even worse it's like I mean, oh i can't pre-order wrong. 12 well i'm gonna fucking hit every goddamn store in the in the city you and then you're gonna wrong. have to be paying aftermarket because that one asshole bought them all yeah yeah because the stores don't limit what you're buying they're not like oh this just came out you can't buy 10 of them true sometimes they do but yeah most most times they don't so those are hard usually targets uh locutus of borg ben yeah, so there's a couple things with this character. So this came out uh, Q3, uh, I think it was, Q3 or Q4 for pre-order last year. Um, it, uh, it it had a good successful run for its pre-order. They closed the window. Um, and then in, like, so I got mine from Sideshow. You can obviously get it lots of different places. Um, the pre-order ended up going back up again from XO6 last month i guess i don't know if they just didn't sell enough of them or what what it was exactly but uh they opened up the pre-order again on this guy on january 17th now i'm not sure if he's still available now but they've moved the goalpost. they basically said that originally it was supposed to come out somewhere in february uh now we're going to likely see this coming out in march still really quick turnarounds from exo6 which is nice um this Locuta specifically is from the television episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, The Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and Part 2, where Jean-Luc Picard is assimilated by Borg. Uh, for those of you who are not crazy Star Trek fans, but you want a good science fiction style episode, in my opinion, again, those two episodes are some of the best episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation I've ever seen. They're, they're my favorites, but... 
The cool thing is, is this specific Locutus is from that episode. We do see in the movie First Contact, which is where that Borg Queen is from, a different version of Locutus of Borg. He's a little more updated um, when Picard is having a dream. And so, or kind of more of like a nightmare flashback, I want to say. So I'm wondering if we're going to end up seeing another version of Locutus down the line for the First Contact Is it Contact different line enough? As well? It's different enough. Uh, some of the, some of like the... The uniform is different, or like I should say, like the, the Borg implants are different. They're a little more updated. Um, the old school version, this one is still my favorite, I would say, though, of, of the two, because it's the classic, right? Now, the other interesting part is the, um, or the uh, I should say, the re regeneration alcove behind him there. Exo6 is actually making these as well. Now, they're going to be about the same cost, likely. They haven't, I don't think, announced an official cost yet, um, but likely in the two to $300 range for one Borg alcove. And in my opinion, you know, it's one of those accessories that you want to try and get one to three in, in line. Like whenever you see shots of Borg hallways, you typically see kind of three alcoves at a time. The tough nut there is is how much that's going to cost. <laughs> but if you have a seven of nine, if you have a Locutus of Borg, if you have um, even the Queen, having the three alcoves might be really cool. They have actually scaled the size down though. So what we saw originally from images of that Borg alcove, they've actually reduced its size apparently slightly. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, they haven't put those up for pre-order yet, but I'm pretty excited to get at least one for my Locutus of Borg. Uh, hopefully I'm not tempted to buy three. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> like it would fit like in a Detolf? Is that maybe why they rescaled it down? I'm, or I'm wondering, if, I, it's hard to say. I should have checked the measurement there. I think it would uh, with the scaled down size. Previously, it would not have. Uh, it was a little bit on the large size. Uh, and honestly, I don't think I don't think you'll I don't think anybody will necessarily notice. I think it'll still look really accurate. It does light up. Uh, they're saying it's going to be lit up with USB. So uh, that is pretty cool as well. Uh, next one there, Zach. Yeah, so for Voyager, so Voyager right now through Exo6 has one of the most complete lines. We've seen Janeway, we've seen the Doctor, uh, we've seen Chakotay, um, who else have we seen? Oh, uh, Tuvok, uh, and they've said that we're likely going to be seeing a Harry Kim shortly. I guess he's kind of in the final stages of development, uh, so that's the guy with the yellow striping on his shirt. Um, Tom Paris, the guy to his right in the red. Um, I guess they're working on him as well. And then one of the final versions uh, of Neelix is also kind of in production at this point. So looks like Star Trek Voyager will have the most complete cast of all of the 1-6 scale kind of versions from Exo 6 at this point, which is what people have been asking for uh, up to a point. I think it's hard because Trek fans have so many different Trek shows that they can draw from. But right now we're getting kind of a piece from all of the versions or of Star Trek and we don't have really any complete lines yet. Uh, I'm seeing in the chat here as well uh, from MB Dyson 829. I meant to mention this as well on the previous slide. We definitely need more Borg drones. I totally agree with that. It's something that I've been asking for in almost every video I've sent to XO6 because just having generic faces on drones, I mean, Borg assimilate anybody. If they, if they can fit in, they'll be assimilated. It doesn't matter what species they are. So you can have some really cool generic Borg drones in behind a Locutus. If he's standing there by himself, it's going to look a little strange. So, But we'll see, uh, again, with this Voyager lineup, uh, how well they do. I'm not loving the face uh, that I've seen for the Harry Keem uh, so far. It's looking a little a little soft, so we'll see. Does Locutus have like a different body than the other Borg? 
yeah. So, well, so to a point, um, that Locutus, because it's kind of an older representation of the character, he's got more of like a black, like, I want to say it's like a fleece outfit underneath of his Borg assimilation parts. Uh, whereas kind of newer generation Borg have more of like a, like a slimy, more like cybernetic body style. So mm. for that Locutus, it looks like he's almost wearing like a, like a fleece sweater <laughs> under his Because I was going to say, you components. could buy multiple Locutuses mm -hmm. and just have someone do like custom heads. heads. Yeah, you could, especially for the older drone style. You definitely yeah. could. Yeah. Um, interesting. That would be an interesting commission to, to get some Borg drone heads just randomly made. Because like, I'd want, yeah. if I was going to do that, I'd want a couple different species for sure, right? So... But we'll see. Uh, I, I questions. Put, oh, go ahead, Ben. And then I'll ask. I was gonna say I put it out there that I would be excited for a Neelix, even though he was probably like the most annoying character in, in Voyager. <laughs> That's the guy on the left. Um, and yeah, most most Trek collectors who messaged me after were like, "Yeah, we don't we don't need we don't need a Neelix. We're we're good, we're good without him." <laughs> what are you gonna say? Uh, these these characters here on the right are these fan favorites because this screenshot just is like cheesy as all heck. But maybe that's reflective of the show. I, I don't really recall. Uh, you know what? I would say most of the cast of Voyager, uh, like Danny Lee and Mark Peterson and Oxcott, <laughs> between season one and and season seven, um, the whole the whole Voyager cast becomes really tight knit and very much like a family. Um, this crew gets trapped in a different quadrant, the Delta Quadrant, and their goal for the whole series is to make their way back to Earth or back to the Alpha Quadrant. So, they they are a little cheesy, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily fan favorites. I think. They're all kind of, they all they all bring something to the crew, um, of equal nature. Uh, the one joke with Ensign Harry Kim here on the left in the yellow was that he stayed an ensign longer than pretty much any ensign out there. Even though like, like he's pretty talented, he's a pretty smart guy, but because he didn't get to come back to the Alpha Quadrant all that quickly, he stayed an ensign on that ship for like multiple seasons. It's like the poor guy just never gets promoted. Um, so if anything, that's a little bit of the joke with with him. So. Got it. And you can tell it's not Danny Lee because he doesn't have a bump on his head. So. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Um, yeah. Next slide, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's it. Honestly, at this point. All right, so we're getting into the one six fix. What do we got, Marco? Yeah, so so at this time I want to talk about some movie trailers that are upcoming for the Super Bowl. So this is a list uh, put out by Screen Rant. So I think it's pretty reputable. But the trailers we're supposed to see during the Super Bowl are uh, Fast Ten, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Ant Man and the Wasp, um, The Flash, Super Mario Brothers, Little Mermaid, which I know a lot of folks there's a lot of controversy around that, but I'm excited. Um, Scream, we've got Dungeons and Dragons, which could be kind of a low-key banger, honestly. Um, Transformers, I didn't even know they were doing another one. Um, let's see, there's another Pixar movie. Obviously, Indiana Jones, everyone is thrilled for. Um, the Marvels, which is cool. That's kind of an unexpected one. Uh, Creed 3, and then John, John Wick Chapter 4. So, personally, I'm most excited to see The Flash. Um, you know, that's obviously a film we were not sure was ever going to come out, and I think there's been you know, so much controversy around the lead, um, but so much potential. And it also feels that because it's such a standout movie, they may be trying to carry pieces of that film um, throughout, you know, kind of the soft reboot of DC. Um, so yeah, really, really excited to see something from that. We'll see um, which how many Batman kind of pop up in the trailer. 
but really kind of wanted to ask you guys, what are you most excited to get a, you know, a deeper a sneak peek of um, in terms of these trailers? So maybe Dean, we'll start with you. Um, yeah. Um, I can't believe there's 10 Fast and Furious movies, honestly. No joke. Uh, diminishing returns at this point. Yeah. The Guardians, getting a, a better look at Guardians will be cool. Same thing with Ant-Man. Um, honestly, probably the thing I'm most excited about on here is the Mario movie, which is crazy for me to say because I don't like Mario. Uh, but... Uh, of course you don't like Mario. Oh my Illumination. Gosh. like Sonic and not Mario. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Sonic fan. Uh, Illumination doesn't make terrible movies. Like, just in terms of, like, their quality. What else have they done? Uh, they do all the minion stuff, all the... The, the, the uh, pets. Stuff. Yeah, the pets. Pets, um, okay. Yeah, they do really good work, so... And the trailers um, that we've seen so far look pretty good. Yeah, they've been good. pretty decent, yeah, so... Um, I, I just, I need to hear Chris Pratt as Mario more because, like, they're giving us nothing in the trailers. It's gonna and be I'm not 100% convinced yet, but, you know. He sounds like Linda from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can't unhear it now. I can't. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also, I'm, like, 90% sure that Collecting Weekly is going to rent a theater for Dungeons & Dragons at the Palladium. You know, when that time, when it comes out. Wow. But it just depends if we have enough people locally that want to join us because it, it'd yeah. be very self-serving if only me and dean show up um, <laughs> and deanie well yeah and deanie um, so we'll see. yeah and uh john wick 4 that'll be cool so those are kind of the only ones i'm i mean it's cool to see a pixar i i didn't even know there was a pixar movie coming out so that'll be cool to see yeah some of these are little surprises here but yeah sounds like it sounds like a good list there dean how about you zach what are you what are you hyped for i will be 100 percent honest this is too many fucking movie trailers. There's, there's, there's too never much too information. Many movie this is too much information to consume during the Super Bowl. Um, one. You know what normally happens two. though? I'll normally be like very drunk and then see like glimpses of it and then go back and watch like after the day after or something like that. Okay. Two, I I don't like that they're revealing this beforehand. Like I hate it when companies like play their Super Bowl ads early. Like I understand they want to get the bang for the buck, but like I kind of like just. You know, you, you sit down and you get what you get. Like, I don't like that there's a list, right? It, it kind of ruins the magic for me a little bit, if I can be completely honest. But, um, no, I mean, I if I had to choose, I'm definitely excited for the D&D movie. Um, Rise of Beasts looks interesting. And then Creed 3, I think, I think the Creed series is great. I think it's a shame that Ryan Coogler is not back. Not that I doubt um, Michael B. Jordan's directing abilities, but I really feel like it has the potential to be terrible, you know, if it's a different director. So I, I, I don't know. Then again, Empire is the best Star Wars and George Lucas didn't direct that. So you know, I don't know. Didn't Stallone say he didn't even like, he's didn't even approve of Creed 3 or something like that? I, I have like not heard that. It's because he wasn't I in it. It's because he wasn't in it. Oh, he's not in it? Oh, no. boy. This is no. not good. Yeah. This of, is not good. A lot of red yeah, flags. I'm not a, not a big fan, to be honest. Although I will say Kang looks fucking yoked. That motherfucker's huge. No doubt. Yeah, no, I, I, you're not wrong in terms of wanting the surprise. So apologies for anyone that we may have spoiled this for by showing this list. Because um, I do like, you know, kind of seeing them as they roll out. But I think there's still a lot of stuff to look forward to. So, Equan, how about you, man? What What are you excited to check out? First off, like, 
when I watch trailers, I hate when they put a preview to the trailer you're going bro, to watch. Right yes, I fucking hate it so much. It's like, bro, I'm here to watch the trailer. I didn't even watch the trailer for the trailer. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching it right now. Can you guys not do that? All right. Uh, what I'm interested in uh, would be Indiana Jones. Um, and uh, surprisingly, would be Transformers, mainly because um, they filmed that in Peru. And my wife's like really interested in that's her most anticipated movie this year, which is weird because she's not that type of person. She likes those rom coms instead. <laughs> so um, that and it would have to be the Super Mario Brothers movie. I mean, that looks pretty entertaining. And we always go to see the um, Illumination movies every time they come out. So I guess it would have to be those three. Nice. Very, very good list, Equan. All right, Ben, how about you, man? I know you're excited for The Flash, but. I'm just laughing at Daffet's comment here. John Wick 4, did they kill a squirrel? <laughs> you hate to see it. Uh, tough nut. Um, yeah, there's a couple here that I was excited for. Uh, I don't necessarily care about Fast 10. Uh, I haven't seen the last, I think, five of them. I hate to say it. So um, it might be one of those, like, I catch up and just have, like, a movie-long weekend and just binge, binge it and try and catch up with the family. But... Uh, at this point, not so much. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 I am excited for. I think it's going to be one of the more emotional uh, Guardians films we've seen. I do think we're going to lose a couple characters in that film, so I'm kind of bracing myself for that a little bit. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasps. I've been singing Yellow Brick Road since they aired that first trailer. It's been stuck in my head, so the Elton John song. Uh, I did not watch the second trailer on purpose for that because I didn't want it to reveal too much. The Flash I am excited for. Uh, mostly to see Keaton's Batman again. I really dislike Ezra Miller, which is unfortunate because the Flash character is one of my favorite um, Marvel characters. I should say DC, apologies, DC characters of all time. And uh, the Flashpoint Paradox, uh, the animated film, is one of the coolest DC films I've ever seen. So if you've so never good, watched huh? that one, so good. Um, I'm worried that that Flash film will, will fall flat uh, in comparison. So we'll we'll see there the rest on this list i'm kind of i'm kind of lukewarm on creed 3 i am excited for but i haven't seen creed 2 yet so we watched creed 1 as part of our blockbuster movie night of the week uh a few months ago and i have been meaning to watch creed 2 so i'll get to that uh and then the dial of destiny is the only one other one there that stands out to me um i didn't like kingdom of the crystal skull and i think one of the reasons for that was and it sounds ageist, and I don't mean it to, but watching Indiana Jones run around as, like, a 70-year-old man just, like, wasn't very cool anymore. Like, I was kind of worried he was going to trip and break his hip, like, half the movie. And so now he's, like, 10 years older than that, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't. But then with the trailer, it looks like, obviously, there's going to be some, some de-aging technology uh, involved, so... That may that may be cool. I hope that the storyline speaks for itself, uh, and that again we don't necessarily see similar scenes to what we saw in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know, indeed jumping into a fridge and getting launched across the desert, and somehow not being goop when he gets out of, <laughs> when he gets out of it. So we'll see. But Indiana Jones, I mean, we'll see. I Harrison Ford also has been bugging me lately as well. I just like, he's just not, doesn't seem like a very nice person. So it's hard to root for the guy to succeed lately for me, but I don't know. Yeah. Cause he plays a bunch of good guy characters. So I get that. 
Yeah, for each other, you have to root for him. But if you don't like the the actor, it's it's like it's hard. I don't. It's not that I dislike the actor. I shouldn't say it like that. He just he's been kind of a dick lately, so I don't appreciate it. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, I think we uh, we put a nice little bow on that. But yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up very soon in about a week. Hundred percent. Definitely. So let's get into the reissue roundup. Uh, so we had the Bane reissued by Hot Toys. Uh, Ben, can you remind me the MMS numbers of these as we kind of go through them? Uh, this was the 1.0, uh, Bane MMS. Where are you at, Ben? Sorry, I muted myself. Uh, MMS 183. 183. This was, um, given a 2.0 by Hot Toys with the seamless arms, a little bit of a slightly larger scale, the rolling eye system. Very cool there. Uh, we have the Mark One, which is the 1.0. Uh, the one that we just got was the 3.0. What's the MMS number on this one? This looks like uh, Kumar from Harold and Kumar is, uh, on the left. Jesus the Christ. MMS 80. MMS 80, so going way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was reissued as the Mark One 2.0, which is the 168. 168. And then uh, there's the portrait there, which. Uh, is basically the same portrait for the the newest one that was just released this past week um a little bit of a shame there but you know not too bad uh we also had and there's a better look at the portrait there uh this one had so many mms's before this and there's probably more that we missed but uh on the left we have the first mark six which was 132 (laughs) 132 then on the right the uh, 171 Joint promo edition 171. Now, this one is interesting. This is the Hot Toys Mark VI. Now, I want to say it's the same sculpt as the Diecast Mark VI, but it was released under the Hot Toys exclusive banner. They were doing these, I want to say to celebrate store openings, but they were basically all plastic versions of uh, Diecast figures. And they only did a few of these. Uh, what's the MMS on this one, Ben? Uh, 339. 339. And then they hit us with the. Uh, Mark Six, which is probably one of Hot Toys' best figures, which is MMS three seventy eight, three seventy eight, and now they're revisiting it with the Mark Six two point uh, which again just launched this past week. You can see our takes on that on Collecting Weekly, so very very cool to see that. Um, now for figure showcase, we are going to take a deep dive on the TK Stormtrooper as advertised. So uh, the TK Stormtrooper is. Uh, based on the sculpt from A New Hope. Uh, did come out in several variations. So you have the two-pack here. You have a, a single pack. Uh, the two-pack features the short and the tall bodies. Uh, so they are a little bit different in the armor. Uh, you do get a heavy ba- blaster, a um, mouse droid. And then if you got the exclusive, it does come with a weapon rack, which I've been asked by a few people to 3D print it, but I don't think there's a file. So it is one of those things that I think you're just going to have to you know, find find it because it's also very very dainty and I, I don't think it would print particularly well um these were sort of redone as the 2015 toy fair exclusive uh luke and then also the hot toys exclusive han solo these were the stormtrooper disguised figures uh one of the differences being obviously the portraits and then also the helmet on the inside did have the sort of greebling details that you would see i guess in the real item in universe which is really interesting uh, so the they Han just Sol- took the short and, and tall bodies, basically. Exa- and, exactly. Uh, yeah. I didn't re- realize that two-pack even existed initially, so that's awesome. 
Yeah, now the Han Solo was interesting because it did come with an LED um, light-up base, which a lot of people bought this figure um, and then sold the Han Solo portion and basically got the base for free. So that was a little hack that a lot of people were doing back then. Uh, I, I know quite a few people that were like making new accounts just to max out on this order. And I want to say these came out at different times, if I'm if I remember correctly, because uh, obviously the LED base on the second one there. Now the MMS, uh, I want to say it's 292. Let me double check that real quick. I should have done that before the show. Nope. Uh, ben, can you grab me the MMS number of the Stormtrooper, uh, the New Hope one? Now that was uh, the armor was reused in quite a few figures. So we have the Space Trooper, which is sort of a blink and you miss it character in uh, A New Hope. Uh, it's when the Falcon is docking into the Death Star. There's two of them posted up next to the turrets. Uh, the armor was reused with, I want to say the helmet was modified a little bit, and then the back has the... MMS-267. Like, thank you, 267. Uh, the back was modified with this little thruster oxygen pack thing. Uh, but again, a lot of people were buying these when the MMS-267 sold out, and then you know either just modifying the backplate or just picking up the chest armor separately. Uh, the MMS-267 uh, armor was also used as the basis for the Sand Trooper armor, though the helmet is slightly different on the brow ridge, and the weathering is, of course, different. Uh, so Hot Toys did definitely get their use out of this mold. It's also the basis for um, all of the sort of gimmicky Stormtroopers, so the porcelain, the gold chrome, and the copper chrome. I want to say that there may have also been a chocolate chrome Stormtrooper uh, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, um, Zach. Just to fact track that just a little bit. So there was the 267, which looks like it was the single pack Stormtrooper, okay. uh, A New Hope. And then there was the 268, which is the double pack. Okay, perfect. Uh, two pack. Thank you very much for that. Now, it's important to note that all of these are using the tall body. So the short body you can only get in the two pack or if you buy the Luke Skywalker uh, disguised Toy Fair exclusive figure. Um, the MMS 267... Uh, tall body was also used for the shock trooper from battlefront which is a really fun figure it was also used for the 2016 toy fair exclusive the jump trooper which is again a really fun figure uh the shadow trooper which ben owns it's a really great figure uh and that was basically used until return of the jedi uh in which we got the uh hot toys sort of return of the jedi slash and or stormtrooper there is quite a few differences in the armor and we'll showcase those in a bit now, when Rogue One came out, the physical props were completely changed. They were modernized, and so the Hot Toys figures do reflect that. Uh, I would also point out, and I know Dean knows this very well, I don't like the way the Rogue One figure articulates. It doesn't look as natural as the ones based on the 267. It's just something with the body and the bodysuit. It just doesn't look right. Uh, but Does it, that, Did things bunch up differently, or what's kind of the, the sticking points? It just doesn't look right in my yeah, eyes. Like the I think armor is so, weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Like it's very stiff. Like, like you could basically like take the MMS two sixty seven, the A New Hope version, and just kind of do something with it and just put it down, and it looks like a dude in a suit. Mm -hmm. But all the Rogue ones, in my opinion, they just look like a toy. Like they just don't look right. Uh, there's Dean's got his stormtrooper in his hands. Yeah, they just oh, look better in my opinion. Looks so good. Um, yeah, I have two of these, and they're honestly, like, it's hard to beat these. Like, I, if I had to get rid of everything and only keep, like, a couple things to represent Star Wars in my collection, it might be these two. Two wow. of the same figure, 
because one, the stormtroopers are iconic, and two, they're just that good. Yeah. They're now, now this body was used um, for the Jedi Patrol. So basically, all the Rogue One figures, obviously, using the Rogue One armor. But you do see this carried over into the Remnant stormtroopers. Now, in the show, technically, there is a mix of a lot of different armor types. Um, during the production of season one of the Mando, they actually did have to call in the um, the five hundred first garrison where they were filming and i want to say one of our patreon members or it may be one of, one of our members of auxiliary was a part of that filming of the finale and so they basically didn't have enough costumes to cover that big final battle scene with all the stormtroopers and a lot of fans were able to participate if their costume was accurate enough there's so there's a cool uh, behind the scenes too of uh you know the making of mando i think it was season one right um yeah, yeah where they kind of showed them calling them in so worth yeah. worth a watch Definitely. Now, now this is again based on the Rogue One armor, so it does pose a little bit differently. Uh, you also see all of the uh, Book of Boba Fett stuff, all of the more recent figures. Those all do use the uh, the Rogue One based body. Now, if you if you don't know and you just want a quick check when you're looking at a figure, either on BST or just in general. The way that you can distinguish them pretty easily is the chin vents here for the Rogue One armor slash Mando armor. They're actually indented into the sculpt, whereas with the A New Hope ones, they're just printed. The eyes are actually much more greener. And on the hands, if you look at these hand photos on the left, that's the MMS 267. They're really smooth. And on the right, they're very like tactical, like modern military gloves. The gloves have like the leather stitching and sort of like the little pads for the fingers where they'll add that extra grip so that's an easy way to distinguish those um looking at all the figures sort of side by side uh return of the jedi on the right a new hope in the center and rogue one on the left you can see with the rogue one armor they did kind of make the helmets a little bit smaller the cod pieces are also different basically the whole suit is different um i also like the boots much more on the a new hope version i think they're a little slimmer i guess um and with the Return of the Jedi version, there are many differences in the armor. The chest is broader. The mouth frown is all black instead of like that gray, grayish blue and black alternate. Uh, the eyes are also different. Um, and then there's some side-by-sides kind of comparing each of those versions. They are, they are very different. Uh, when they made A New Hope, they had like a certain number of costumes. And basically by Return of the Jedi filming, they were just falling apart. They were, you know, I always say that Star Wars was kind of like a, a movie that no one really thought would do crazy numbers. And when it did, they were like, shit, we have to remake a lot of this stuff. And so um, with return of the Jedi, they, they did remake a lot of those armor pieces and that's why they're a little bit different. And they also don't have a lot of the, the handmade artifacts, which if you look at the physical props, you can see here, like on the left, basically all the left photos are the a new hope props and all the right photos are as, I don't know that these are actually screen used uh, Rogue One helmets, but they're like 501st approved Rogue One helmets, so they are screen accurate. The back of the helmets are pretty similar, but the front, you can see the frown goes down, the chin goes down much further on the A New Hope. Um, all of the greebling is different, so the frown is much smaller on the Rogue One. The inset um, mic vents there on the chin. If you look at that bottom left photo of the new hope there's like a little bump above the right eye that's like a sculpting mark from when they were hand sculpting the original helmets um that's obviously not present on the rogue one versions because these are very symmetrical um 
and yeah, so there's just a ton of differences in the greebling uh, between those. And then for the props, this is a look at all the different helmets throughout the original trilogy. So the New Hope versions, they're all based on that standard TK design uh, from that that film. With Empire, I want to say they had started remaking some of the helmets. And then with Return of the Jedi, they're totally different. The sculpt is all new. Um, there's a lot of different color differences. Uh, but again, these are all, you know, a lot of the greebling on this is sort of painted or decaled on. And then with Rogue One, pretty much like all the details in the chin and the cheeks, those are all like actually sculpted in instead of decals. So, um, yeah, that's our deep dive on the TK. Uh, do you guys have any questions or anyone in the chat have any questions? I have a quick comment. I, I just, I'm a casual when it comes to troopers and I just did not even realize all the differences until we started assembling the, you know, the, the show sheet and you kind of yeah. started sharing these images. It's pretty incredible how they've evolved. And, um, you know, I kind of thought like, oh, I just got this, um, I think the Stormtrooper commander because they had a deal of the day on Sideshow. Um, and it's like, okay, well, I kind of want now a, a different version of the trooper. I kind of thought it was like, you get one trooper, it kind of represents them all. But there's like so many different nuances. I can't unsee the yeah. differences now. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. I've got yeah, the, it's kind uh, of like Vader. You kind of have an um, idea of like what Vader looks like. You're like, yeah, okay, like that's what he looks like. But then when you really break it down, it's like, oh, shit, it's so different <laughs> movie to movie. And, yeah, same with the Troopers. So uh, The New Hope ones have always been my favorite. I never even bothered getting any of the other ones because they are so different when you get into the, you know, minutia. Yeah. It is cool to see the differences. Jesus, Marco, no. Right. Oh, I Don't do become have a, a figure. Don't become... I love the Sand Trooper. That was one that I had been looking for. Yeah. I've got the, the... What's it called? The the Return of the Jedi one. So the uh, 514. Um, and it's it's a beautiful figure in hand. I don't love how sandy his boots are. That would have been my only complaint when I opened the figure. Because otherwise he's like a relatively clean, clean figure. He's got some weathering kind of around the joints and stuff, as you can see there. But the boots mm. look real sandy for some reason in comparison to the rest of the outfit. Um, but I've always loved how green the lenses are. If you, like, I, I tend to light, light my figures from the front, but also from the back side. And when you get his head tilted just enough, the the green lenses, like, flare green. And they're yeah. really cool. It's really, really cool. And then the Shadow Trooper is one of my favorite figures in my collection. Despite it being relatively, like, relatively clean, relatively plain, it pops on the shelf, especially with I the silver lenses. It's it's badass. So I have had a little bit of peeling on his one of his pouches. So the pouch there where you see like the three kind of triangles on the left side there, yeah. um, they've started to like just lift up a little bit. So, but again, I mean, it's an older figure now, and it still looks. You mean the the triangle is peeling up, or the, the yeah is peeling the tri up? well the triangle itself is peeling up. Oh, just get some some PVC glue, like like yeah. um, it's all it would yeah, need. white glue. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all just it would need. Put it back down. Yeah, that's probably just the glue failing rather than the pleather. Honestly, you might be right, yeah. Yeah. If there's no other questions, we can move on to The Last of Us or comments or anything like I that. I think Equan was going to say something. Oh, no. Uh, for the peeling, um, if you get that, I know Target, they sell that Mod Podge thing. Yeah. It's that little clear glue. That really clears it up. And, you know, especially if, you, if it didn't start cracking. Yeah, like no cracking. Much, it's just more like just kind of lifted. I think you're right. I think Zach's right. I think yeah, it's probably just the glue holding it down. It's, it's, it's let yeah. go finally. And then also um, with the storm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, you're good. Okay. With the stormtroopers, uh, I think the first one I got was the Return of the Jedi one, which is the one back back there. 
Um, and then I didn't notice because when I first got it, I was like, why is this thing so dirty? I got it second hand. I was like, did this guy like put shit in between the belts? Because there was like dirt and grime in there. Because I thought it was supposed to be completely clean, but it was it, it was weathered. I also so thought, thought it was yeah. going to be a clean trooper when I first got it, and when I pulled it out, yeah. it was it was also the most yeah. stinky figure I think I've ever I've ever owned. Like well, I was talking about how stinky yeah. the Robin is last week, um, but that thing when I pulled it out, it smelled like it had been like straight lacquered. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. Uh, huh. Yeah. So I didn't, and then I, the only I didn't really notice much of a difference until I started like I noticed like small changes, like the eye color was green, much greener than I thought it would be. So I thought, honestly, I thought all the troopers looked the same until I started getting these figures, to be honest. One you thing know, that's what... also Go changed ahead, is um, the pauldron design. So in um, the original trilogy, the pauldrons are kind of like this flat piece of leather that's kind of curled over the shoulder. Uh, you see that again on the, it's kind of hard to see, but on the shadow trooper, um, when you get into the more modern era, the pauldrons actually have like these kind of built in folds um that are stitched in and uh it just it's just a slightly different design and it's weird because they brought it back to the original design for um the uh what is it the stormtrooper commander figures so it's i, I almost think that maybe the i don't know maybe the rationale is like they're they're kind of transitioning from the clone era where there is like those hard-edged pauldrons and then rogue one and then the original trilogy sees everything start to become flat but um i did notice that in a lot of the Rogue One figures, the pauldrons are definitely not the same. So something to keep in mind also. Does anyone have or have has had the disguise figures? Because those are ones that I desperately want. Like I, I know just kind of growing up having the, um, you know, the this 12 inch or excuse me, the 112 scale um, or, or whatever it is of those. Like those were some of my favorite figures. Um, so, yeah, what, what's everyone's thoughts on these? I think they're great. They're very expensive, though. They're really expensive. Um, and it's hard because even if you just find a stormtrooper and you're like, I'm going to plop a Han Solo or a Luke head sculpt on it, you you really have to have that. I think the torso is what's shorter. Like the ab portion is a little shorter. It it just doesn't look right unless they're height accurate. And even like putting ankle extenders on, on a figure to try to make it taller than the other, it just doesn't work. So yeah, the, the Luke is, or the short body the only way to get it, like I said, is either from the two pack parted out or from the toy fair exclusive, which at this point is almost, uh, you know, eight years old. So yeah. Also the tough. neck pegs have that. Um, yeah. They have like a foam thing. Yeah. It's this. So it doesn't damage the, uh, the grabling oh, inside. So there's right. really no and customizing so, these. I mean, you could take that off to put like a Luke or a Han on there, but then it, you you really can't remove it without damaging it. So then if you want to just have like stormtrooper head on there, then you got to figure out a way to get it to sit properly, which I guess is not super hard to do, but it is annoying. Got it. Yeah. yeah I guess I'm, office I guess I'm still has both brand new. So you got to wait for the reissue. That's right. I got to wait for the reissue on this for sure. What would that be? 50th anniversary for a new hope? <sighs> probably. Probably <laughs> your yeah. earliest. Yikes. Crazy. So 2027, I guess, and then probably a year plus for that to come out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the deep dive on the TK. Like we mentioned, next episode, we'll be doing a deep dive into the Dark Knight trilogy. Ben has prepared some great slides for us. So hopefully in March, we'll, we'll uh, see that. Now, we did want to do a brief spoiler discussion on The Last of Us. 
and uh, I guess this is the spoiler warning for those that haven't seen The Last of Us. We will be talking specifically about the HBO show. I don't. I prefer that we don't spoil the game because I haven't played the game, and I'm just getting all my information from the show. Uh, but at this point, I want to say three episodes have been released. I think the fourth one's coming out tonight. Um, I I really like the show. I have no experience with The Last of Us outside of um, the, the the show, so everything is new to me. I don't have the um, critical eye for the changes that have been made between the game and what we see on the screen. I will say, and I'll probably get a lot of flack for this from the panel or even just from people at home, I still really don't like Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Again, I don't have any experience with the character, so I don't know if she's playing it well. But I I mean, she was kind of like a fun character in Game of Thrones, and I don't really think she's a great actress from Game of Thrones, and I don't know that I'm really seeing the acting level in this show. Um, Joel, on the other hand, I... Going into it, that was my biggest concern. Like, you know, they made this dude Latin. Like, it, to me, it felt like just a recency bias. Like, hey, he's like the hot actor right now. Like, let's get him into this show too. But he's always been shit. Latin, bro. He's from Texas. Well, and he's he a is construction worker. Well, come on, come on. I know a lot of. Joel. I never known a Latin named Joel. I'll say that. But Joel. he is fucking selling the shit. Like, he is carrying Bella, in my opinion. I mean, he is such a great actor. Um, really love to see him here. There's obviously been some great supporting characters, some great storytelling. Episode three, which, you know, really for the majority of the episode focuses on other characters, in my opinion, was one of one of the strongest, you know, what, hour 20 of television I've ever seen. You know, the fact that you can introduce a character, uh, characters, uh, give them this story and give them, you know, this wonderful emotional uh, uh, story in an hour and a half is just, incredible i think nick offerman is gonna win crazy awards for for that episode in particular um but yeah i mean i i think the show's good i i just i still haven't really seen like a scene that i'm like wow bella ramsey is really you know killing it for me but uh, again that's that's just my my opinion <laughs> i don't know that the chat will share that opinion but yeah i just i just haven't been like amazed with what I've, I've seen, but I, I, I look forward to being proven wrong. Um, I just, you know, there, I think there's other actresses that I probably would have preferred to play the role. I don't have any off the top of my head, but just seeing some fan castings, um, you know, even for Joel, but I just think that, uh, that it's a great show. It's, 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 it's nice for me to be able to experience this without the prejudice of having played the game. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious. Uh, what what do you guys think about everything so far? Um, I think I actually supposed to be like that. Uh, I haven't played the game since like 2013, but I remember you don't really get to really like her until towards like the midpoint, or maybe a little bit further past that. Yeah, and she's supposed to be like, an annoying little shit. Yeah, basically. she is. Yeah, it's not even and that. Like, it's just like she's not doing a good job at acting. Okay, I, I, she's she's like a young kid, so I'm not. Gonna we'll wait. I mean, maybe if much, we but... get to the snow uh, snow scenes, if it doesn't do that do that for you, then yeah. I think you're pretty much set in stone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, again, like for these episodes, I thought that um, the the extra scenes. Um, added more world building. Um, they weren't in the 
game, but it's pretty much accurate to the game. They just added extra stuff for world building. Um, if you guys want to add more to that. Oh, well, I guess I was gonna jump in. Sorry, sorry, Ben. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I got. A, I've got a big take. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, good. good. I, I'm, I'm no, just filled I... with filled with take. <laughs> I completely Ew, ag- agree, Juan. Oh, yikes! <laughs> Jeez, that's gonna be tough to swallow. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's kind of fleshing out the world further by you know the the prologues that they're doing. I think my problem with the first episode, it was so close to the game. I was like, you know, is this just gonna be like a really strict retelling of the game? which I wouldn't mind because, you know, I've played the game twice, beat it twice. You know, I don't beat a ton of video games, um, but like this is probably my favorite video game of all time. So these are kind of like, it's a sacred story to me. Um, and, and I'm totally fine with them taking some liberties. So I really enjoyed episode three because it deviated most from the game, but still was so true to a really emotional beat. So like when you find that note from Frank to Bill, it's like, oh, wow, they okay, they were lovers. Like, I don't think that it was very, um, very ambiguous, honestly, like once you find that note and it's like, okay, I felt like a really like some emotions like during that part and watching this episode, I was like, you know what, people may be like, you know, there's obviously like a lot of hate towards this episode because it's a gay relationship, but I'm like, that is so true to the game. Like this is, this is nothing that's changed minus fleshing out the story. And then obviously Bill's fate is different. So, and, and I think the, the changes were completely appropriate. It adds more context actually to the game if I were to replay it again. Um, and, and this is exactly what I want to see from the series. Stay as close to the source material as possible, but give us new depth to the story like Equan was saying. Absolutely love it. Love the episode. Really funny anecdote though, when <laughs> when um, Frank starts, you know, Frank and Bill are kissing and he starts to go down on Bill. My cousin says to me, he's like, yeah, my girlfriend turns to me and asks me, did you have to do this in the game? It's like, okay, no, that's not actually part of it. It's actually yeah, it not part of the game. Of but you Make sure you put X and zero. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, as, you know, such a beautiful love story, honestly. Like, I freaking cried. It's like everything that you could want from this and so excited for tonight's episode. But go ahead, Ben, with your, uh, with your big nut. Oh my god um yeah so i like actually you had a couple great points there that i wanted to to chat about too so um i did think that we were like after the first uh episode that we were going to see kind of a note for note remake of the game just in in like screen adaptation um i didn't watch the first episode right away it was about a week later because i was in california when it when it aired and um you know, everybody was like, oh, like, you got to watch it. It's it's crazy. And, and I was able to say kind of like, well, like, does this, this, and this happen? And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I, I already feel like I know what's going to happen, which actually diminished my excitement slightly at first because, um, I, I you know, like, when, when you already know what the end of the movie is, it's hard to get excited for the movie, right? And so at the same time, watched the first episode, loved it. I do like the casting. I actually agree with you, Zach. Um, Bella Ramsey is my is my least favorite part of the show so far. I did like Ellie in the game almost right from the beginning. She's a little bit annoying at the beginning of the game, but I still I felt like I connected with her more. And like The Last of Us, um, like uh, Part Two, uh, the game verse, anyways, focuses a lot more on Ellie. So. I'm a little bit nervous about that aspect of it because if this series does really well and we get to kind of go into the Last of Us 2 game kind of verse uh, of this movie or the show, um, 
I'm hoping that my my affection for that actress and that character grows more so I can be excited for like a season two, right? But um, I do really like Pedro Pascal as an actor, just in general. I do think he's killing it. Uh, I don't think he looks much like Joel, but there are some things that they've done very, very well. So they've recreated background scenery incredibly well uh, from like game to, to show. Like there are some scenes where it's, it's like shot for shot remade, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, I'm playing the game right now in tandem with watching the show. So I've, I've put in, I think about six hours of the game right now, which is about kind of three episodes deep. Uh, You're playing part itself. one, right? The remaster part one, the remastered. So nice. I had the, I, I had the like the original remastered. So I had the original, then I played the remastered version in I think twenty seventeen. And then then there's this now part one version which hasn't been remade for the, the PS five. And they've changed all the elements. Like they've updated scenery or uh, like scenery, they've they've changed buildings, they've they've taken some background noise away, they've added better props, the character models are better, like it's just it's significantly improved. It was 80 bucks, so it was a bit of a tough nut to swallow in terms of the price. And I was like, for a game I've already played two versions of, I don't know if I can justify it. I am happy I, I paid the money. So if you have a PS5 and you're interested in it, I would I would recommend it based on how good it is. But um, for the most recent episode, kind of like you guys mentioned, it's by far, and I don't want to give too much away for Zach especially, but it's definitely the most divergent from the game that we've seen. Which kind of excited me, I'm not going to lie. And I think it's partially because there are elements of the games that I don't love, especially um, the second game. And I know Dean is all about that as well. It, it excites me to know that they can take some kind of artistic... Um, like, some of the good stuff out of, of the show, and or out of the games, and put it into the, into the seasons. While maybe eliminating some of the stuff that people didn't absolutely love and, and actually disconnected uh, gamers from those from those franchises so we'll see how it goes again it's hard to say without giving too too much away but um, I didn't like the first two times I played the game Marco I didn't even pick up on the the relationship note between Bill and Frank like you read it okay. But I just thought that they were kind of like buddies. I thought that Frank had just stolen a bunch of Bill's gear and he was kind of pissed off. I didn't realize that it was like that they had actually had like a relationship. I don't know how I'd breezed over that. And yeah. so after seeing this this third episode yeah, and he then says replaying it in the game. Yeah, I know. I just I, I, now I've replayed it and I'm like, oh, okay. Like how did I miss that? How did how did I, yeah. I breezed right over it apparently? So Joel's but, like, you know this guy? And he's like, he's my lover. I was like No, he said he was my partner. He said he was my partner, real tough yeah. but I'm like, yeah. but I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just thought he was, they were buddies. So anyways, yeah. So I didn't, I, I breezed past that in the game so the first two times. Naive, uh, know, the third, right? the third, it made it feel more emotional. It, it definitely did. The one thing that I did miss from the third episode was the introduction of the bloaters. Um, and I'm sure we'll see them, them pretty soon, but they're, they're pretty crazy. Um, like zombie style you know creatures right so that'll that that'll be the cool. upside down the upside down scene right like they've the got to down introduce scene, that later on 100 sure. hang oh man i just actually played that scene that was that was epic um the only other thing uh that i will say is i think um i'm excited to see where the show goes i hope like you said marco that it's not necessarily note for note i hope that they mm -hmm. kind of take the best of both worlds but um I would recommend playing the game in tandem with the with the show. It's making me feel equally connected to both sides. I feel like I'm actually getting to kind of be part of that world while while playing it at the That's same awesome. time week to week. 
So it's you know cool. what's cool though is the DLC I think is incorporated into mm-hmm. the series as well, right? So mm-hmm. that's going to further flesh out, you know, some some of the characters and no spoilers there. But so mm-hmm. I think it, yeah, there, there's so much cool stuff that we maybe didn't experience the first kind of playthrough of the game where they can really you know flesh out the uh, the world. Well, and something that I always liked about The Last of Us was it was about the people who were left, right? One time, I mean, it's the title, The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are the, there are the, 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 I want to call them creatures. I want to call them zombies, but they're not quite zombies, but you, you guys know what I mean. Um, the infected. Uh, there are the infected, but unlike the show, like The Walking Dead, which really started with, with, zombies and like being about the walking dead um this is about about the breakdown of society the breakdown of of what happens to humanity once there are once there's none left and um i think that that's cool i like that they're diving into that but i also hope that we'll get more uh, episodes like this episode three that are focused on kind of everybody that's existing in this world right now. This show doesn't have to be fully about just Joel and Ellie all the time for it to not feel like a, like, people have said it's this last episode was like a filler episode. I don't agree with that. It's, that's the world building that Equan was talking about. That's what connects you to this universe. There are other people, Joel and Ellie are just navigating it. Yeah. But I think that's what's going to really build that, that heart of the show. Is, is and it's going to help stories. you understand choices that are made later on Absolutely. in the story based on this, this relationship. Absolutely. And I mean, you could tell in that end of episode three that Joel was, you know, after reading Bill's note that, you know, Bill said in that note, like, we have to protect these people. Like, it's up to us. You know, that's what's really going to give Joel this buy-in now to truly protect Ellie and keep her moving uh, until the end of the until the end of the show, which I think is mm-hmm. which is awesome. He kind of he needed that. Uh, and that whole show, I felt like that whole episode was building up to Joel reading that note and really feeling like he has this responsibility now that that he can't drop. It was awesome. Absolutely. And can I do a deeper dive really quick? I'm just the one scene that's coming to mind is the very end where where Frank and Bill are drinking the wine. And I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like I definitely thought about like, you know, Gigi and myself, like, okay, if one of us was going through this and, you know, like obviously it is the end of the line for Frank at that time. And then Bill makes this decision like, um, yeah, it's it was something so beautiful and like it makes you think about your loved ones and um, that they were able to find like a beautiful life together as well. Um, through through this kind of horrendous situation, um, I don't know, just incredibly well done uh, episode of TV um, that I'm pretty blown away by overall. Hundred percent. That's the that's the kind of stuff that makes me cry. Honestly, I'm I'm a big sap when it comes to to shows and and and, t- and movies. And I think sometimes what gets me the most is like that exactly. Like thinking about like what would I do in this situation if it was Shauna and I? Like would I drink the wine too? Because I. I wouldn't want to be left in that world by myself after having the love of your life gone. Yeah, um, yeah it, that, oh, it just, oh, it got me, got me right in the And feels. I would drink the wine with you, Ben. I would, you would drink, drink the wine with you. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live drink with that, boys. Ben. <laughs> you love to see it. I would drink the nut with you, Ben. <laughs> it's off the rails now. We're off the rails. <laughs> show's been off the rails. I would say my rating of this show so far. That's why he's the GOAT! Anyways, uh, episode uh, two of the reissue in the books. Uh, come back next month for episode three. We'll be doing the deep dive on the Dark Knight trilogy that Ben has prepared for us. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have more. Well, maybe if John was here, hopefully not. But 
at least hopefully we'll have more reissues to talk about and uh hopefully you guys enjoyed the deep dive on the tk stormtrooper from today if you're watching on the post show leave some comments let us know what you thought and yeah we'll catch you guys on the next episode thanks for watching no bye from dean wow